Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So little to talk about, but so much to do. On tonight's episode of Dear Pats Nation, Connor and I will be talking about how the Patriots have three standout players who are entering their final year in New England. Connor, I'm going to want to ask you, because I want to know, will the NFL intervene and try to rectify the Aaron Rodgers situation? The Patriots had 50 players attend OTAs. And is Tim Tebow acting really, really desperate in his newest return to the NFL? We'll talk about all that here on the Dear Pats Nation podcast. Because I think the purpose of faith is to get human beings to live on a higher plane than the animals in the jungle and that there's something bigger going on that's bigger than all of us. And we're back. Oh, you're frozen. Not a good start. Not a good start to the show <laughs> when I come back. <laughs> this, not a good start to the show when I come in frozen. Right. Did oh the boy. intro freeze up too? No, it didn't freeze until right at when I said, and we're back. And then you turned into a, one of those little rotating circles. Okay. So I didn't even get to the, we're back. I, we were both just rotating circles. Oh boy. Let's try that again. Right. And we're back. What's going on everybody? It's your boy Ram <laughs> with my boy Connor. Welcome to this Monday, May the 10th edition of the Dear Pats Nation podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, let me start by saying to you, support for Dear Pats Nation is brought to you by Iron Triangle Concrete Weights. Stop overpaying for weights and gym memberships. Visit Iron Triangle Concrete Weights on Instagram and get your weights today. Tell them Dear Pats Nation sent you and you'll save yourself 10% on every order. You can also check out the Rocky Mountain Barber Company. Save 5% when you use that code RAYROUTE when you purchase your small batch male hygiene products made with natural ingredients. Visit RockyMountainBarber.com and save 5% using the code RAYROUTE. Connor, how do you spell that? R-A-Y-R-A-U-T-H. And ladies and gentlemen of Pat's Nation, Street Brew is the official coffee of Dear Pat's Nation. Visit streetbrew.ca. Street Brew's obsession with quality coffee has motivated them to develop a unique custom blended and craft roasted line of superior coffees. Street Brew Coffee was developed uh, has developed the product for discerning coffee consumers. The sale of every bag of coffee and merchandise will provide funds that will directly impact the homeless. Get the official coffee of Dear Pats Nation by visiting www.streetbrew.ca. And you can visit our sponsors over at manscaped.com and save 20% plus free shipping when you use that code RAYROUTE. Connor, how do you spell that? R-A-Y-R-A-U-T-H. 
Get your hands on the very best male grooming product. Save yourself 10% plus free shipping using the code RayRoute. When you visit manscaped.com, I'm telling you, your balls will thank you. Connor, how you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. How you doing? I'm doing well. We were late coming on because we were busy talking about our new schedule this week. We were, yeah. <laughs> I didn't even realize that until right now. Yeah, so. The eh. people were waiting and we were just chatting it up. So before we really get started here, for those of you who missed our announcement last night, Connor and I are scaling back things on the channel. Um, as a channel, we're we're pumping out a lot of content and starting you know, now, we're going to be reducing the amount that we're on here. Connor and I will be streaming Dear Pats Nation, uh, the podcast, Monday and Thursday. Sarah will continue with her regular Tuesday and Saturday spots when she returns. Uh, we'll be doing Patriots Outsider with Lawrence on Wednesdays in that regular spot. Uh, we're hoping to have film rooms done weekly. We're going to talk to uh, I'm going to talk to Lawrence Wednesday when we do Patriots Outsider and discuss the schedule with him. Uh, Boston Balling will take over the Sunday time slot that Connor and I used to be able to be found on. And uh, our biggest focus is going to be quality. You know, yes, we've, we've learned that quantity isn't always the best approach. There's a whole bunch of other reasons that we got into full detail on Sunday's show. You can check them out there. But, um, you know, we have some videos uh, to – we have some ideas, I mean, to, you know, make our live streams a little more fun, a little more interesting. We want to add a couple of new segments, and uh, we think you'll like them. So, you know, of course, you can uh, – we're going to continue to make that fan-driven. Uh Connor and I will still be recording the exclusive Dear Pats Nation Loyalty Club video podcast from Sunday to Thursday over on Patreon. So if you are interested in checking that out, you can head over to patreon.com slash DPN sports. I'm not going to get Connor to say that because it took us four hours <laughs> last night. Yeah, you, we don't want to chew up that much of showtime. No, but we have also uh, left the we have also left. Uh, the link in the description as well. So you can check that out there, man. It's just $5 a month. No tears, no nothing like that. Exclusive video podcast Sunday through Thursday, plus a free live stream on Friday. Uh, so you can check that out. All right. Uh, we're going to get the show started. Yes, sir. Uh, KOG Nightfall says, I'm cool with every other sellout, but chill with the ball talk. Uh, the ball talk pays us the most. So again, if you you match the the check, <laughs> what's, will, the, uh, what's the ball talk this is going Manscaped. over my head like Manscaped. oh, oh, oh okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah yeah they, they're the least likely to be cut i'll tell you that much yeah yeah manscape <laughs> is the most guaranteed the the pays us the most and yep. um i appreciate that super chat but we, we're gonna have to keep the ball talk going <laughs> yeah e easy to finance as well <laughs> yeah the, we want to make money we just don't want to make it on youtube <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so look, Jerry Trotta, a fan sided, wrote today the three Patriot standouts who are entering their final year in New England, and he started with Sony Michelle. And says Sony Michelle likely won't be back with the Patriots in 2022. Um, even if the Patriots decided to keep Michelle beyond training camp and into the regular season, this will undoubtedly be his final season in Foxborough. We take no pleasure acknowledging it, but the Georgia product looks poised for unrestricted free agency next offseason. With a legitimate handful of promising young talents on the roster, the Patriots simply can't afford to keep hold of a player uh, in Michelle who not only struggles to stay on the field, but is significantly one-dimensional compared to the modern-day running back. Connor, do you agree that Sony Michelle is one-dimensional? Mm, yes, kind of. I mean, Sony Michelle is honestly not terrible when it comes to catching the football, but I mean, James White, he's not, obviously. 
Um, he he's mostly a first and second down running back. He's not bad, Sony Michelle. I don't really have too many bad things to say about him, but he doesn't really have that passing dynamic. So he's sort of just more of your early down running back. Do you consider the Sony Michelle draft pick a success or a failure? I I want to say neither. I mean, I don't think it was necessarily a success. He was obviously drafted in the first round, and I don't think he's really lived up to be that great of a player. But he's also not been a total bust. I mean, it's not like he's come in and not contributed. He had a really good rookie season. He helped the Patriots win the Super Bowl in 2018. Last year, when we finally decided to start to write him off and say maybe he was turning into a bust, he turned it on and actually was averaging like four and a half to five yards a carry, whatever it was. He looked really good. And now they have him this season for for short money. I, I don't have too many bad things to say about Sony Michelle. I I don't consider him a bust, but I don't consider him a, a real home run either. Do you think there's a chance that the Patriots re-sign Michelle on a cheaper deal in 2022? Possibly. Yeah, possibly. But I also think that they might be kind of pushing him out because now they drafted Stevenson. And I think it might be Damian Harrison, Stevenson, and then Sony Michelle would be like the third running back on the depth chart. And I think Bill Belichick's going to be able to find somebody else for like 800 grand a year that he can have in that position. Connor, do you got your singing pipes ready? I'm ready. Clear them up. Ready? <clears throat> One, <clears throat> two, three. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Ray froze, but I'll keep going. Happy birthday, OG Man Fan Club. Happy birthday to you. To you. Okay, so my internet hacked up there. I, I don't think going. that, and I don't think people know Connor and I are also on a three second delay from each other. So <laughs> I started singing, and then he was behind me. And happy birthday, man! Happy birthday! All right, I appreciate you spending your birthday with us. Yeah, I do too, man. Uh, okay, let's uh, let's let's get a couple of the comments here about Sony Michelle. Psychological says Sony Michelle has always been decent, but that's it. Fair assessment. That's basically what I was trying to say. In a roundabout way, yes. Sony Michelle has always been decent. Uh, Brent Gustafson says, the first two years were success for Sony. Last two were on a downslide. I want to see him this year, and then we'll talk. Um, he's, only, he's only had three seasons with the Patriots, just to correct right. you. Uh, he had 2018, 2019, 2020. Yeah, the first year was a, six, uh, a real success. The second year was a massive disappointment. And last year, I guess it felt like two seasons because he played like half of the season like 2018, half of the season like it was 2019. But yeah, that, those three years summed it up into into what Brent said. It felt like four seasons. Uh, boy, Hanif says we should keep him. He's not a bust. Yeah, I don't think he was a bust. I mean, a bust is someone who just doesn't contribute anything, in my opinion. That would be like he rushed for like 300 yards a year and then got hurt and didn't do anything. He He's contributed to the team. He's made an impact. Uh, Charlie Regano says, uh, Sony getting hurt last year and Harrison Jackson running, uh, well, didn't help his cause. I'm sorry. Who's Jackson? That's what, what I'm, I, I'm, what am I, what am I, am I missing someone? 
I'm I'm lost too on the Jackson part, but Harris ran well. Harrison ran, yeah. Harris ran really well, and the funny thing was, we were kind of thinking Harris might not be a contributor because he had like three rushes the year before. He barely got in the game, and then last year he was held back until week six or whatever it was, and then he came out and started rushing for a hundred yards. Burkhead ran really, really well last year. Burkhead ran really. That's a good point. Burkhead ran really well last year. Burkhead had like one of his best years last year before he got injured. I feel bad for the guy. Shout out to Brent who's dealing with a broken tooth right now. I know, I know, I know how much those suck. Yeah, that, I think that's like one of the thing, one of the worst things to deal with pain wise. There is nothing worse than a than a like an, a tooth infection. Yeah, I heard that. Well, I ended up, I remember I told you the story when I ended up in the hospital on New Year's Eve because I caught an infection in my tooth and they oh. put, they, they put me on morphine and the pain wouldn't take it away. Oh my goodness. Yeah. That's, that's abysmal. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I heard the same thing. And when I, I was reading a book, I don't remember what it was called, but it was a guy who played in the NFL and uh, he broke his tooth and he said it was the worst pain he ever experienced. Worse than anything ever from any football injury throughout his entire career. Well, Connor, you know this. These two teeth right here are fake, right? Those are these are these are two fake teeth I have right here. And that's where I got the infections. The infections, Ooh. the infections got was so bad. Yeah. My whole face, literally both sides, swelled up. They had to Ooh. put me on. I they had me on a set like a normal acetaminophen. Yeah. Then they took me off of it, put me on a stronger antibiotic, and then they took me off of that and put me on an even stronger antibiotic because I had just so much infection in there. Um. To the point that I thought the infection was gone, and and they just said we have to pull the teeth. Like it's so infected, we have to remove the teeth. When they, when they removed the teeth, there there was still a lot of shit in there. It oh, was gosh. it was brutal, 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 and it was one of the worst pains I was ever in, in my in my in my life. And Lord saying eye teeth, that's exactly what it was. It was my eye tooth and the tooth beside it, and it was just fucking brutal so i mean i feel you bro yeah. i feel you and i remember they gave me fucking first they gave me codeine and then they gave me like uh like like perks like morphine yep and it would not take the pain away it was ridiculous yeah, that would not take the pain away i feel i feel for you man i feel for you brent hopefully you're doing better man i hope i hope the pain goes away for you brother that's uh that's not fun obviously yeah still here, we're still here watching us though yeah, so I hope it gets nice. I hope it gets better. Yes, sir. Uh Love Vibration Nation, shout out to you for the super chat says uh Sony Swan song, Bill knows he's playing for his next contract. We'll run him into the ground and keep Harris fresh. O line will make Sony look great too. <laughs> That's actually an excellent point by uh Love Vibration Nation here. I mean, would you be surprised to see Bill Belichick just like run Sony Michelle as hard as he can. Obviously, I think Damian Harris and Stevenson are still going to be a big part of the offense. But, I mean, use him up knowing that he's going to move on from him anyways and that if he takes a beating this year, you know, so be it. It's also would be beneficial in a way for Sony Michelle because if he showcases a really good year, he can go out there and land a decent contract going forward. So it might be the best of both worlds for both of them. All right, David says, Sony makes me wonder what the Pats saw in him in the first place. Not fast, not elusive, not great catching the ball. He seems like a good guy and a decent player, but nothing special. And the only thing that would have made that complete is if you said we could have had Nick Chubb. <laughs> yes. 
Yes, I thought about that earlier. I was waiting for the Nick Treb comment to come in. Um, I, I don't know because I don't know enough about college, so I can't say how well Sony Michelle looked in college. I know that when he was drafted, a lot of people were very excited about him. I know that was, the hype train was pretty big on Sony Michelle then, but I, I don't know. I don't know if he was elusive. I don't know if he caught a lot of passes in college or or, or what he what he did. I mean, so far, what he showcased in the NFL, he's he's just been decent. Not a great ball catcher. Doesn't really run people over and isn't necessarily super elusive. But I still think Sony Michelle's solid. All right. Uh, Patriot safety Devin McCourty is also entering the final year of his contract. Yeah. And this was written, though the former first-round player played over 90% of the defensive snaps last season, there's no denying he lost a step in coverage. Assuming the 2020 second-round pick Kyle Duggar takes another step in his development this upcoming season, expect the Patriots to move on from McCourty. That would leave the Patriots with a hole in their secondary, but the void could be filled by off-season acquisition Jalen Mills, who can play both cornerback and safety. That, or they could simply take the free agency and find a replacement or re-sign the underrated Adrian Phillips. Either way, fans shouldn't expect McCourty back in New England next year. You know, people often say the second half of the dynasty was all about Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski, but... Connor, would you include Devin McCourty as a part of that group of players that really fueled, you know, absolutely the dynasty 2.0? Absolutely. I mean, he he's been a stake in the Patriots defense for for ten years now, probably longer, and he's been super consistent for a very long time. I mean, I, I agree with the guy saying I think it's Sony Michelle's last year, but I disagree with everything else. He's trying to allude that it's going to be his last year in the Patriots uniform. I think at the end of this year, Devin McCourty's probably going to retire. I think he's been thinking about retiring for a couple of years. He's playing out his contract right now. You know, his brother went to Miami. He's been in the league for, for what, 12 years. He, he's well into his 30s at this point. I, I think he's just going to call it quits at the end of this year. I don't think he has any interest in going anywhere else, and I don't think Bill Belichick's going to push him out the door either. I think at the end of the year, he, he's just going to walk away from the game in the same fashion that Julian Edelman did this year. That That's what I'm expecting. Well, since you say that, we've been under the assumption that McCourty is going to retire after this season, but let's yeah. say he decides that he wants to continue playing football. Do you think Belichick will have any interest in keeping him around after this season? I mean, I think they have a great relationship, and I don't think he's taken that big of a step backwards. I think he's definitely still able to play. I think Belichick would definitely sit down and talk to him and be like, how much longer are you expecting to play? How much money do you really want to make the next couple of years and, and make sure that they could figure something out to come to terms? Because I think if he does come back, it'll be for one year, two years, absolute max. Charlie says McCordy always a good leader. Yep. I think they also call him what the quarterback of the secondary. Yes, exactly. He, he's he been a fantastic leader. He's been an anchor on the defense for a long, long time. He's been a great safety. I mean, he's awesome in the community. You you can't say enough things about the McCourty twins, especially Devin having played his entire career here. If McCourty wants to play another year or two, sure. If he wants to retire, no problem. B-Dog says, D-Mac is a Patriots Hall of Famer facts. 
Hundred percent. He, I think he's going to be another guy who borderlines the NFL Hall of Fame. I think that he's a absolutely hands down guaranteed Patriots Hall of Famer. Multiple Super Bowls, a bunch of successful seasons, just an anchor on the defense. Like I said, I mean, absolutely. Love Vibration Nation says DMAC didn't lose a step, was covering up poor cornerback play. Right. And when I look back at last season, he's not really somebody who comes to mind when I think about how poorly the defense played in some of those games. Sure, maybe in some of them he was a part of not being great, but there was some poor quarterback cornerback play. And a lot of the times when they really got blown out in a lot of those games, they just ran the ball right up the middle down the Patriots' throat. That wasn't the safety position that was failing them. That was just their lack of run stoppers. Here's a good question for you. B-Dog says, Jalen Mills will split times with DMAC, right? That is a good question. I don't know what the plan is as far as that goes, but I'm very confident that Bill Belichick is going to use Jalen Mills in a bunch of different ways, and I think that's exactly why he he went out there and signed him. I think there are some weeks where we're going to see Jalen Mills take a ton of snaps, and then the next week he's going to be out there for like 14 plays the entire game. So I think Bill is going to be using him like he uses a lot of people. I mean, we've seen it at the running back position, the wide receiver position, where all of a sudden the guy gets nine targets, and then the next week he's basically non-existent, which is why uh, people go crazy in fantasy football when it comes to the Patriots. But I see him using Jalen Mills as a corner, using him as a safety, not using him that much at all. I I think he's going to have Jalen Mills all over the place. All right, this one punched me right in the stomach. But he continued, Trotter continues on, says it feels like 2021 will be Dante Hightower's last with the Patriots. Yeah, I agree. We also haven't mentioned that the three-time champ reportedly pondered retirement before confirming his return earlier this offseason. Taking that into account, can you really say for certain that he'll be back next campaign? Hightower clearly loves being a father, so don't be surprised if he walks away from football after this year to help raise his son. Even if Hightower does choose to return for another year in the NFL, it would still be surprising if the Patriots give him a new deal. We'd hate for that to be the case. Let's So let's hope he turns back the clock and enjoys an utterly dominant season at linebacker so New England feels obligated to open negotiations about a new deal. So, Connor, same question I had about McCourty. Should Hightower be considered as a part of that group of players responsible for the dynasty? Yes. I mean, when you look at the the dynasty coming up from like 2000, the, the second half of, uh, not even the second half, the second half of the 2000s, like 2010 to 2020, that's exactly what it was in the defense. It was Hightower. It was McCourty. Those are the two biggest names in the entire defense in that decade where they won three Super Bowls. Um, I unfortunately think, not unfortunately, but I think that both of them are going to retire at the end of the season. It's just getting to the point where they're older and it's probably time for them to move on. So I do think Hightower will probably retire, but him and him and McCordy were, you know, two of the biggest guys on the defense for the past 10 years and two enormous parts of the, the dynasty 2.0. Yeah. So Hightower flirted with retirement. I think it's a 50-50 chance whether or not he returns to football or not. Yeah. Regardless, if he wants to play or not, he's going to be an unrestricted free agent. If he does want to continue his career, do you think Dante Hightower will be a Patriot in 2022? 
I sure hope so. I don't want to see him in another uniform. I know you you sure don't either. I think Belichick has to come to terms with with some of these guys, um, especially I think that they should be somewhat reasonable. I think he has to sit down with Hightower and say the same thing that I was saying to McCourty. How much longer are you expecting to play? How much money do you really want to make? And seeing if they can come to terms with you know something that's reasonable. I think if he wants a huge contract, Belichick will probably let him go. He's obviously known for letting people walk sooner rather than later. So I think if Hightower wants a, a three-year deal or $10, $12 million a year, I, I don't think he signs him. But if he wants to play for another year and, and make four or five million bucks, I mean, that's it's almost nothing to lose at that point. Devin McCourty and Dante Hightower have been iconic figures within New England. Um, I think it's tough to think about the 2010s without thinking about McCourty, uh, yeah. the quarterback of the secondary, Hightower, Mr. February. Where do you rank them on the list of all-time Patriots? Oh, man, that's that's tough. Going all the way back from the history of the Patriots, like all the way through the entire thing back to as yeah, far as we can remember. And I know, I know John Hanna, and I know Stanley, <laughs> yep. and I, I know all the names, but right. there was a, a big part of this Patriots history that won six Super Bowls. And yeah. guys that oh, were no, part definitely. of and guys that were part of multiple championships. And to me, they hold a little bit of weight over some of those other guys. Oh no, I completely agree. Some of those other guys share they had good careers with the Patriots and they played for them for a long time. But I mean, Devin McCordy and Dante Hightower both won three Super Bowls. They both a part of, you know, winning season after winning season for a decade straight. I think they have to be borderline top twenty five Patriots, definitely top fifty. I mean, obviously, Tom Brady's number one. From there, it, it, it all kind of gets, you know, dependent. You know, then we look at people like Rob Gronkowski, Julian Edelman, Teddy Bruschi, uh, Willie McGinnis, you know, Vince Wilfork, so know, Rodney, ha- Rodney Harrison. Here's a question I ask, I have for you. Yep. Could the Patriots have won all three of the Super Bowls they won in the, the second part? Right, so fourteen and up, without Hightower. No, I mean they wouldn't have won the Atlanta Super Bowl without him, just based on that one play. I, I and you look at his performance in fifty three against the Rams, and yep. I want to remind everybody that, that Marshawn Lynch had an open hole to the end zone, and he stuffed them at the one, and then that led into the Malcolm Butler interception. Let me ask yep. you another question: Could the Patriots have won those three Super Bowls without Rob Gronkowski? Wow, that's that's tough. I'm trying to think about his performances in all those Super Bowls. The well, Rams, the Rams. I know he had that one big catch. Um, Atlanta. He didn't play t- against. He didn't play against Atlanta. Yeah, he wasn't there, right? He was injured, so you right. could you could win Atlanta without him. They won it without him, yeah. Yeah, and he was a shell of himself in '53. That high tower stood out in right. every single Super Bowl. Right. That's why he's missed the February. Yeah. High tower is going to be at the, at the very top of the list. He's, he's right up there with everyone else. Adam Vinatieri also too. Yeah. He's got a, a Vinatieri right. could be too. That's what I'm thinking because Adam you don't Brady. think about him because he's, he's a uh, kicker, but the, all the clock 
clutch kicks that he made, I mean, where would they be if they had a, a normal field goal kicker? Yeah, no. I mean, he really could be number two. And I know people are going to roll their eyes and say, well, what about this guy? What about that guy? I'm like, what about Adam Vinatieri? What about those kicks against Oakland? What about those kicks in, in the Super Bowls? Like, right. it, no. Like, Adam Vinatieri had a lot to do with, with the Patriots' wins. Yeah, and the thing about all those kicks is none of them were easy. They weren't like a 30-yard field goal to win the game. It was like he had to hit 48-yarders. He had to hit a 45-yarder in the biggest snowstorm I've ever seen the Patriots play in. You know, he he made clutch kick after clutch kick. Yeah, no, he's absolutely phenomenal. I know I froze out there. I'm so yeah. fu- so fucking frustrated with my Wi-Fi right now. Yeah, not good so far. <laughs> All right, so PG says Hightower tackled Beast Mode and made Ryan fumble huge. Yes, yep. Those were two of the biggest plays in uh, Patriots history when you go back and look at it. B-Dog says Hightower wants to have a uh, second kid soon, but Pats are heavy in linebackers. G's just signed one today. Hightower, flex. I've been missing out on a lot of stuff. What? Who did they sign today? Uh, they brought Langi, Lang, Langi or Langi back. What's his name? Lang- um, L-A-N-G-I. What the fuck's his last name? He was with the Patriots two years ago or whatever. That name does sound familiar. Um, I can't expect that he's going to play because I'm not he too a, familiar he with great, him. He had a great year with the Jets. Did he? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I mean, hey, if High, Hightower wants to have a second kid, no problem. I yeah, Harvey. Harvey. Months. Harvey Langai or Langi? Harvey Langai. Okay. Yep. Okay. Yep. I do. Yeah. I do remember them now. Yeah. Apparently, he spent three years with the Jets. He. They have a lot of depth at the linebacker position, man. Yeah, I don't. I don't think he's that bad of a guy. Um, I'll take him. Uh, sorry, I had a comment here and I lost it. I'll just click that. Uh, Giovanni says, "I don't think Hightower would play elsewhere." But if the money comes calling. I mean, at this point, how much money would it have to be for him? He's been in the league for like a decade. He, he's probably made between 50 and $100 million, I would imagine. I think he's more interested in in retiring and, and watching his kids grow up and, and doing stuff like that. I don't think it's even about the money for Hightower anymore. <laughs> and I think if he really wanted to come back for a year or two, Belichick would make it worth his while to a certain extent. I don't see him going anywhere else. I, I think he retires a Patriot at the end of this season. Jay says Danny Amendola would be a top 10 Patriot of all time. Yeah. <laughs> I can't do it. I can't put him. Top I can't, 10. Top 10, man. Come on, man. I cannot put Danny Come Amendola on. Come on. ahead of Brewski. I can name 10, yeah. Will Fork, uh, Rodney Harrison. Ty Law, yep. you know, uh, and I'm drawing a total. Uh, Richard Seymour, Richard Seymour, <laughs> you know? yep. Um, and, and Willie I can, McGinnis. I was gonna, yeah, Willie Willie. Willie I, McGinnis. Oh my God, I'm even close. Drew and Edelman, Bob I Gronkowski, Tom Brady, obviously. Yep. I mean, we just named ten people right there. Adam Vinatieri, and then that's yeah, Adam just, Vinatieri. Yeah, even, that, even Stephen Gostowski. That's that's even that's just this new generation of Patriots players. Right. When you get into the whole Devin McCourty, well, Dante Hightower, I mean. Yeah, but are you going to sit there and say we're going to put John Hanna or we're going to put Danny Amendola ahead of John Hanna? 
Yeah, Danny Danny Amendola, I mean, he obviously had some pretty good playoff games, but Danny Amendola is very far down on the list for me. Yeah, someone here is even saying Dion Branch. Absolutely, Dion Branch is ahead of him. Uh, ooh, Dion? Dion Branch, I, man, he won a Super Bowl MVP. Yeah, he did. I, I kind of have them in the same category. Yeah, that's, they, that's second tier sort of. Yeah, yeah. I mean, second tier, but I I would take Dion Branch as a Patriot over Danny Amendola. I yeah, I guess I like I'm really mad at Danny Amendola, so I, I know I'm a little biased to. B Dog says appreciate you guys. These lives give me life. Salut. Thank you, man. Thank you, we, sir. We Shout out to B Dog, man. I appreciate it. Appreciate the uh, the donation. We appreciate you guys. Um. All right, we're going to take a really, really quick break here. Uh, we spent half an hour on one subject. I didn't think we were going to take that long. Uh, we're going to hear from uh, – <laughs> uh, what day is it? Monday. We're going to hear from uh, our friends over at Manscapes. A little bit more ball talk for you guys. Uh, nice. so we'll, we'll be back in uh, two and a half minutes when you hear from our, our friends over at Manscaped.com. Support for Dear Pats Nation is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Fellas, when was the last time you could see behind the bushes? Now, let me tell you, taking care of my nether regions and making sure I'm getting a close shave always makes me nervous when you are not using the right products, especially when you're trying to use products designed for your face. That's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped and engineering team spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created, and they just released the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. Their third-generation trimmer features cutting-edge ceramic blades to reduce grooming accidents, and that is thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology pioneered by Manscaped. Guys, Manscaped obsesses over technology development to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. They also use the best ingredients in all of their formulations. And guys, when I tell you that trimming the bushes makes the tree stand taller, that's a little bit of an understatement. And guys, this is premium. And I mean premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes so you can take that longer shave. And one of the coolest features that you have on this device, it illuminates areas for a closer shave and a more precise trimming. And they've also upgraded the motor to a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. And don't forget about the charging stand. Guys, I do it. Show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock and it is powered by USB. And if you are listening right now, you are one of the first people to hear about this life-changing product, and I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. Trim that junk of yours. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code RayRoute at manscaped.com. Level up your hygiene routine with only the best manscaping tools. Your balls will thank you. Again, get 20% off plus free shipping with the code RayRoute at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com using the code RayRoute. That's R A Y R A U T H. Trim your junk with Manscaped. And we're back. Well, I'm back, Ray's frozen. No, I'm not. Oh, okay. 
Uh, so nice. Steve Delavicho from Yardbreaker said that the NFL removes Rodgers versus Mahomes from its schedule release promo. Oh. The Kansas City Chiefs and Green Bay Packers <clears throat> will face one another during the 2021 NFL season. So nice. it makes sense that the league hyped Aaron Rodgers versus Patrick Mahomes as one of the biggest matchups of the year. For However, sure. it appears that the NFL is no longer comfortable promoting that particular showdown. In all likelihood, <clears throat> that is the NFL's way of quietly admitting they're unsure about a Rodgers versus Mahomes matchup taking place this season. Rodgers wants out of Green Bay and does not appear in to be backing down. So Rodgers Mahomes would have been a great matchup, but the Rodgers situation, Connor, is a lot bigger and more complicated than a single game. Do you think the NFL is getting nervous about losing one of the faces of the league right now? Yeah, I mean, I mean, obviously the beat goes on. They're going to keep playing all. Of, they're going to keep getting a ton of money and and uh, views. But that had to have been one of the biggest games they were looking forward to. I think the number one game is obviously going to be the Patriots and the Buccaneers this year. People are obviously going to tune in like crazy for that. But next to that, I mean, Patrick Mahomes and last year's MVP Aaron Rodgers. I mean. That would be expected to be a shootout. I'm sure they were getting ready to push that game like crazy. And now they must be getting a little bit nervous that if Aaron Rodgers doesn't come back, I mean, how how easy is it going to be to pump up, you know, Jordan Love versus Patrick Mahomes? And, you know, the league isn't supposed to get involved in these type of disputes. Right. Um, but after reading the dynasty, we know that the NFL does get involved in these type of situations, uh, even though they shouldn't be. Do you think Roger Goodell will step in behind the scenes and try to rectify the situation in Green Bay? Maybe. Yeah, maybe. he. I don't know how much like pull he's going to have when it comes to Aaron Rodgers because, I mean, I guess at the end of the day, if he wants out that bad, he can just retire. But, I mean, they they probably don't want to see him leave. They, I would imagine they'd want to see him stay in Green Bay and, and keep going on that trajectory. So I wouldn't be surprised if he tried to do something. Connor, you are a diehard delusional Patriots fan. 100%. However, I happen to also know that you're a huge football fan in general, and you do pay attention to the NFL outside of New England. I do. Definitely. How much are you paying attention to this Rodgers situation, and how much do you care? Because I'm trying to gauge what the, the feel is around this situation, around the league. Ah, for me, it, it's more of like a wait and see type thing because I feel like a lot of this stuff comes out and then you have to wait and see how legit it's going to be. Because I remember a few months ago, we were also talking about Russell Wilson and that he was disgruntled and he was going to ask for a trade. And that turned out to be at best, like barely true or slightly true. Doesn't this one seem a little bit this very one seem, true, This one seems a lot more legit, yeah. Because the, the Russell Wilson, I was like, yeah, whatever, he's still going to stay on the Seahawks. They're not actually going to trade him. This one, it seems like Aaron Rodgers really is mad. He really does want to trade, and he might actually really retire, which is one of the things that makes me think that this one's a lot more legitimate. So I, I've been paying to the, paying attention to this one more than I've paid attention to all the other rumors that have come out there. I, I It's interesting, man. We, how often do you see last year's MVP move on, especially a quarterback? Last year's MVP become the host of Jeopardy. Yeah, exactly. Like just not playing the league anymore. It's not like he's slowing down whatsoever. All right. One of my pastimes in life is watching Aaron Rodgers fans argue 
with Tom Brady fans yeah. about who's a better quarterback. Right. Both ways. Like yeah. both ways. I'm not, I'm equally making fun of both people who take part in the argument. Um, obviously on this show, we're going to say that Tom Brady is the better quarterback because he is the better quarterback. He's the goat. And anybody, frankly, anybody who thinks differently just needs to shut up. That being said, real question for you. Where do you rank Rogers amongst the current group of quarterbacks hmm. and all time? The current group of quarterbacks. I mean, I would obviously say Patrick Mahomes is is number one. I'll, I'll give him that. I think Aaron Rodgers' borderline is right around there in that two or three position. Deshaun Watson, I would consider somebody who's right there with him. Um, then I think it goes more into like the second tier from there. As far as all time goes, I don't know. I mean, maybe I think he's down closer to like 10th. I think Tom Brady's the greatest of all time. I think after that, you start getting into the Peyton Mannings, the Drew Brees, um, you know, obviously Joe Montana. Montana. Yeah, Joe Montana is probably number two, and then you're getting into guys like Peyton Manning from there. Um, Steve Young, Steve Young, yeah, Steve Young as well. Some of these guys are talk because I don't, I don't remember them all that well watching them. I mean, even John Elway was a great. But I'd say Aaron Rodgers is is more down towards like the ten or twelve of all time. Is Brett Favre in your top ten? I'd have to go back and really look at it and see to to really make the decision. I put him and Aaron Rodgers in kind of the same boat, though. They could they could be like eleven and twelve right next to each other. All time, all time. That's what Aaron, I think. You have Aaron Rodgers as oh ten all time. That's what I'm saying, like tenth. I think there's probably nine or ten people that I would look back and say they were better than him, in my opinion. Would you agree with the people, and by people, me, who says that Brett Favre is the most overrated quarterback of all time? Maybe John Elway being a, a very close running mate? I do think he's he's somewhat overrated, but Brett Favre still had a really long, successful career. Um, I know he obviously won the Super Bowl versus the Patriots, and you know he he had a lot of winning seasons. I kind of look at that too as like he was a winner for like fifteen plus years, which is really difficult to do in this league. So he played a long career and he was very successful for a long time. But I don't think I think he's a. If he's even in the top 10 of all time, it's barely – he's more on the outside looking in. There, There's more than a handful of people that are better than Brett Favre, and it's not even close. Where do you rank Nick Foles all time? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I honestly would say Nick Folk is higher than Nick Foles in the legendary category, but Nick Foles uh, does have a statue. Didn't have this plan for the show, but did want to bring up that I was listening to Toronto Sports Radio right before we started this show. I all was right. driving back and they are so all over the place. They're just like us. They don't know what's going to happen with the Patriots this season. Yeah. So this guy who's a, he's a pretty objective guy. He is. He doesn't, I have no idea who he cheers for. That's how objective he is. Okay. He said he could easily see the Patriots be a wild card team with Cam Newton. He said he believes he could see Mac Jones start week one. 
He believes that he could see Mac Jones start week three. The only consensus these two guys could come up with is that Jared Stidham stinks and he's not going <laughs> to play this season. <laughs> I mean, I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, we, if we want to be true, that's the only consensus I can come up with. Although I've said multiple times, I do think Cam Newton's going to start week one. Well, I also, I also think he's going to have a short leash. He did say that right now Vegas has uh, uh, minus 280 on, okay. Cam, on Cam Newton. He's going to start then. That's that's pretty high, pretty high. And he said not only is that a lot of juice. Yeah, it's a lot of juice. He would lay the juice. Yeah. That, yep. So he, he's pretty confident that he said he would lay the juice. Even though it's a lot, he said I would lay the juice uh, on Cam Newton being the starter at least week one. Yeah, I mean, you almost have to bet $300 for Vegas to pay you 100 bucks. So there, that's about the equivalent of like the Patriots playing at home versus the Jets. That's about what the spread would be. Do you think the Patriots will beat the Jets at home? The, the old Jets. Yeah, the old Jets. And it's like, yes, highly likely they will. Yeah. So, yeah. So, and he said he would feel comfortable laying, laying that kind of juice on the line. So, and just for people to know, juice is, it's money. Basically, money. it's the amount yeah. of money you have to lay down to, to, to bet. Connor yeah, and, so I, Connor and they, I shouldn't speak gambling talk, if, but yeah, it, when you're talking about the juice, when you see minus two eighty, that means you got to spend two hundred eighty dollars to make a hundred dollars. So you got to yeah. bet two eighty, and if Cam Newton is the starter week one, it's a hundred dollars. So when you talk about that's a lot of juice to lay down, that means you got to drop. It just means it's a lot of money you got to put down. That's a yeah, it's a bad spread. A lot of people won't lay down minus two eighty because it's just not worth it. There's no return on that. But unless you're fully confident, he said he's confident enough that he would lay a hundred. He would he would lay out on two eight minus two eighty. Right. Yeah. It's 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 tough, man. But I I I agree completely. I think Cam Newton is going to be the week one starter. But like I said, I I wouldn't be surprised if they had a, if they have a short leash on him. All right, so Ryan Hannibal from WEEI wrote that lots of Patriots reportedly attended voluntary workout sessions. The Patriots were, like many other teams in recent weeks, releasing statements through the NFLPA regarding attendance at voluntary offseason workouts. But the Patriots was a little different, as there said many players would not be attending when most teams said, all players would not be attending, and after a, f- uh, a few weeks of Phase 1, it seems more Patriots are actually attending these workouts than not. According to ESPN's Mike Reese, one member of the Patriots estimate there are more than 50 players that have been present at the workouts. I think they have like, like 75 guys on the roster right now. Yes, yeah. Um, this appears to be a pretty big deal, as on an NFLPA call on Friday, the union continued to urge players not to attend these workouts. So, <clears throat> if I may, I need to go on a little bit of a raise rant. Raise useless rant. Let's go. I like it. So, what the New England Patriots are doing here is they are saying, we know the bullshit the union is trying to pull right now. They don't care about our safety. All they care about is power. And I've said it a hundred times over this play about voluntary OTAs this year, next year, the year after is all a power play by the NFLPA. I know it, Connor, you know it, they know it. Goodell knows it. Yep. And then Tom Brady comes on and says, 
oh, well, guys, you know, we need to stand together on this. You know what, Tom? You're making $30 million this year and have won seven Super Bowls. There's some guys that have bonuses that are like $25,000 bonuses if they show up or $10,000 bonuses if they show up to OTAs. Right. And if you need a $5,000, if you're making $130,000 a year, or 230 or four, you know, if you're one of those, like, you know, a UDFA, or if you're a guy making the, the, the you know, the, the, the veterans minimum. Yeah. Those bonuses mean a lot. It's really easy when you've made over $200,000 playing football and your wife is worth $500 trillion. You know, this is the same guy who held workouts all through COVID last year. See OTAs are bad now because now he's on the same page as all his offensive players. So now it's, I'm telling you, man, uh, I'm telling you, this this whole don't show up thing, I'm proud of these boys. I'm proud of Newton. I'm proud of all the new guys who signed who are like, fuck that. We need to compete this year. Trust me, this Patriots team is here to compete this year. If there's anything, nobody is going to be taking a playoff with this team. Right. And you know what? I'm getting – with the Patriots, man, I'm getting a lot of Red Sox vibes here at the start of the team. It's like they're coming out ready to play. Like they're hungry. They got a chip on their shoulder. Like they think a lot of people don't think they're going to be that good. And I, I think that this is why there's a ton of people at OTAs right now. And you're absolutely right about Brady, man. It's completely different. It's so easy for him to sit there and have made hundreds of millions of dollars and not need to show up to OTAs. There are guys right now who are scraping by trying to make it. And this is going to probably bode well in their favor if they do show up to OTAs. And then they're going to get a bonus that they definitely need because these guys have a short career, a lot of them. So they need to make as much money as they can in their three to five years where they're in their prime before they're out of the league. And then they're just they're a regular person like us. So they need to capitalize on their income. And I, I don't blame them at all. And I don't think... I don't think the league cares, man. They're they're doing whatever it is for their own puppet show. My Patriots update says Bourne apparently was a major constructor along with Newton. And I don't that just fires me. That just fires me up, man. Me too, man. Like it really does. Like when I just hear like I'm still uh, I know I'm I'm newly retired from football. <laughs> right? <laughs> just, I just freshly retired. Freshly retired. So I still have the itch as yeah. as a, you know, um I just retired what, 2 weeks ago? A week ago yeah, now? I, just, yeah. Right at the and, draft, yeah, and well, after the draft, after I wasn't drafted again for my 15th straight year of make of, right. of announcing myself eligible, I decided to focus on my presidential campaign. And you, you were like Happy Gilmore. Yes, it was. <laughs> it was time to retire. Um, just hearing, just hearing that 50 Patriots players showed up to OTAs when the union and Brady and everybody else is begging them not to. I wanted to run through the fucking wall. I was so hyped right. up. And to hear that it's it's guys like Kendrick Bourne who are who are constructing this, let's go, man! Like right. let's go. It shows how bad they want to be there. It shows that they they're taking this year as serious as they possibly can. They can't wait to get out there and play together. And they want to start getting ready now. I am fucking ready for Sheezy. Yeah, I am ready. Oh Sheezy! <sighs> Great name. <sighs> Great name. All right. Uh... David says, we have a lot of new faces that want to familiarize themselves with each other. Uh, Everyone else can kiss our ass. Absolutely, David. Yes, sir. 
Absolutely. And that's a great thing, man. They, they are all going to be able to familiarize themselves because this is a totally different team. Bill Belichick went out there and did exactly what we wanted him to do. And he nailed the draft and he signed a bunch of free agents and spent a ton of money. And now let's get all, let's get them all out there, all getting ready for the season. Ryu says, I don't care what nobody says. We winning the AFC East. The Buffalo Bills are no juggernauts. I'll tip my uh, zero sources to that. Here, here. Let's here, go. Hey, hey, man, it's, that's not a crazy, crazy thing to say. Love Vibration Nation says, defense is going to be physical. Tone setters for the Pats this year. Uh, Wino might may be looking like Trudeau <laughs> did when the eyebrows fell off when he was traded. Let's go. Um, isn't that your like president, prime minister, prime minister? Yeah, yes. his eyebrows fell off. <laughs> Is that a thing? Oh, man. I agree. I agree wholeheartedly with the first half. I think this is going to be a very tough and physical defense like we saw in like 03, 04, where they were tone setters. They're just a hard-nosed team. I think they're going to look like the Steelers defense loved last season. I'm I'm ready for this defense. I think they're going to be top three. I'm trying to find the uh trying to find the video. His eyebrow fell off. So were they pasted on or <laughs> Where is the video? It's 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 no it's hold on. Love Vibration Nation is uh well versed in in world world politics. Yeah, they didn't gotta respect it, it. I'll send you the video after. I can't get it up on here right now, but I'll send it to you after. It's okay. It didn't fall off. It's it's you'll I'll show you what what it was. It has to do with the G seven. It was nice. it was good though. Um, all right, I got one more story I want to hit before we finish up here, guys. Uh, we got about eight minutes left. But according to NFL rumors, the Jacksonville Jaguars are expected to sign former quarterback Tim Tebow after rookie minicamp as a tight end. Um, obviously, Tim Tebow is a Patriots legend, and he should be treated <laughs> just yeah. like that. Patriots um, legend, yeah. But I want you to react to some of the comments that people have had about Tebow transitioning to tight end at, at 33 years old. Okay. Um, Skip Bayless said he would take Tim Tebow as a blocker over Shannon Sharp on Sharp's best day. Shannon Sharp now or 1998? Ever. Yeah, okay, no. Definitely not. Definitely not there, Skip. So this is one. First of all, we got to point out, Joe, here. Thank you so much for the super chat. Thank you, sir. Bailey for league MVP in 2021. Can you deal with that? Nick Folk not getting it for Jake Bailey? If anyone's going to get it over Nick Folk, I think it should be Jake Bailey. He's a certified weapon. I all hope pro. I, all, all pro. pro. All pro. I hope Joe stay, hangs on to that autograph because it's going to be worth a lot of money one day. He could go down as the best punter in NFL history. All right. Kevin Harrison wrote it, put out a tweet that just, it resonated with me and I want to see if it resonates with you. He said, why are we still talking about Tim Tebow? I thought he was playing for the rumble ponies and was filling in on like ESPN in the mornings or something. I thought he would never play another down in football. Why would he? Um, it, I, it doesn't make any sense to me. Israel Coro says, Urban Meyer's looking like a fool signing Tebow, knowing that there are better free agent tight ends. 
Yeah, again, I agree. It just it, it doesn't make sense. They can't possibly think that he's really going to contribute as a tight end. I mean, what what are they going to do? They're going to work on him blocking, and what's he going to do, catch two passes the whole year? I don't see Tim Tebow contributing. Um, I do have a question for you now. Yeah. Why do you think Tim Tebow – it's a two-part question. Yep. Why do you think Tim Tebow – is so desperate to be a professional athlete of some sort. And it's not about money. Uh, yeah, yeah, I can't be because he's definitely making good good money on ESPN. Well, and he's a baseball player too. Right. Does this remind you at all of the guy standing outside of Gillette Stadium with a sign begging Bill Belichick <laughs> to give him a tryout? Uh. I mean that I understand more than I understand this because that's like the person who didn't get drafted and they didn't get signed as an undrafted free agent and they're 23 years old before they go get a job. They're trying to still make it and they're begging for the tryout. It's like he already got drafted to the NFL. He played. He started as a quarterback in the NFL for a while. He's made millions of dollars. Then he signed a a contract as a baseball player. He's got to be making six, maybe seven figures as an analyst for ESPN. And now he's coming back and wants to play football again after years without playing. It doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, I know the other guy who's standing outside of Joe's stadium is hungry and trying to make a name for himself. How hungry can Tim Tebow really be? He's 33 years old. He's 33 years old. And, and he, how much money do you think he made just in the NFL in those years that he played? Yeah, it's it's and he he's still a pretty big name. He has all sorts of opportunities. Glory, yeah. Mark is calling you a glory hog, Connor, but I think it could also be Tim Tebow as well. Both of us, right? <laughs> it's the same thing. People, a lot of hog talk about me lately. Uh, he could not make it playing baseball, so he went back to what he knows best: football. And it's funny because I think the Patriots wanted him to do this years ago. Right. They were going to use him on like uh, two-point conversions in the preseason. was like they try to use him as like a Taysom Hill, basically. I know that Urban Myers, former Ohio State coach, but you may remember was the Florida coach when Aaron Hernandez and Tim Tebow were there. Yes, he was. Yes. A very religious man. Yeah. Urban Myers. Very, very religious man. Um doesn't surprise me if anybody was going to give a shot to, to Tim Tebow. It would be Urban Myers. Two of them loved each other. Two guys that looked after. And you know what? I heard something today, and I can't remember where I heard it. I oh, know it was on the Toronto radio. The guys are saying it. We have never, ever, ever heard any former teammate, baseball or football, have anything negative to say about Tim Tebow. That's very true. I completely agree. I have never really heard anybody say anything negative about Tim Tebow. So I, I will definitely say that. So, you know, it, we could be in a situation where that's why they, they bring him on. Right. Um, you know, he was just stubborn about being a quarterback. Edelman didn't care, and look what he did. That's a good point. I mean, Julian Edelman came in as a quarterback in the seventh round, and he was prepared to play cornerback. He was special teams he was returning punts. He was doing whatever it was that it took. I mean, yeah, I, I I guess he probably did want to be a quarterback because he was very successful at the position in college. 
I'm trying to fit Phoenix Rising Ash. I'm not sure what he's writing here. I'm getting confused. Uh, McChickenblog says Saints wanted to use Tebow before Taysom Hill became Taysom Hill. Uh, utility guy in football uh, or something else. And I would you be surprised to see Jacksonville use him with some gimmick plays? No, no. I mean that that would make the most sense. And then instead of just having him come out and be a full fledged tight end, I mean if they used him more as a Tyson Hill and he played five or six snaps a game and would play quarterback a little bit, maybe run the football two or three times, and then play a couple snaps as a second string tight end, that would make a lot more sense than just have him coming in and trying to start becoming a tight end. Uh, Joe says Tebow would have excelled in the Baltimore's offense. Potentially. I mean, they tried to use him as a running quarterback in Denver and he wasn't even that Denver made the playoffs. They, they played the Patriots in the second, in the divisional round of the playoffs one year, the Patriots absolutely obliterated them. But Tim Tebow was the quarterback that year. Rollins says Tebow is 33 going for ratings on his next show. Yeah. (laughs) Does he have a show? I, I don't know. I don't follow him. I know that he was he was an analyst. I don't know if he has his own show. Maybe he has his own podcast. I we have a surprise show. me. We have a show. I know. We have a show. We, we compete versus Tim Tebow. Yeah, I'll compete. Because you know why, Connor? Why? Because tell me about those Patriots, man. They're going to be legit, kid. We want to thank all of our Dear Patch Nation loyalty club members over at patreon.com slash DPN Sports. For only $5 a month, Connor and I record an exclusive webcast Sunday through Thursday. So if you like all the free content that we offer here, can I suggest that you check out our Patreon page over at patreon.com slash DPN Sports. We don't have any tiers. We don't charge you for different levels of access. We have one tier at one cost, five bucks. You'll get five webcasts a week and you can participate in our patreon exclusive live stream every second friday you can hang in the chat you can join connor and i on the screen and have a voice-to-voice conversation with us and other dear patch nation loyalty club members but in order to get the content you have to join the club and you can do that by going to patreon.com slash dpn sports if you'd like to check it out we have left the link to the dear patch nation patreon page wherever and however you are listening or watching And guys, there are many different ways that you can support Dear Pats Nation, but the only way that you can do that in style is by visiting the Dear Pats Nation merch shop over at teespring.com slash stores slash DPN. And when you're there, get your hands on the newest DPN apparel, t-shirts, mugs, hoodies, whatever you want. Get it all at our merch store at teespring.com slash store slash DPN. For your convenience, we've left a link to our merch store in the description or wherever you're listening or watching this show. Because I think the purpose of faith is to get human beings to live on a higher plane than the animals in the jungle and that there's something bigger going on that's bigger than all of us. Hey listeners, I'm Christy and I'm Melissa and this is Buried Motives where we dig deep into the details of some of the most gruesome dirtbag murderers. 
She said she enjoyed hurting things that can't fight back. And that is a disturbing view into the mind of a murderer. Such a dirtbag. Yeah, that's not even strong enough words. This is totally a recipe for disaster and not to justify whatever is going to happen, but you can totally understand and see how this would be in the works. If you were only to look at what she did later on and not know any of that history, she would appear like off the wall crazy. Oh, 100% because we're not even close to getting to the end yet. But you can just see this pattern and all this kind of stuff developing in her, which is what we're here for. We're digging deep. Join us each Thursday as we unearth the dirt bags that live among us and the motives buried there. Hope you join us as we exhume the truth. Do, did, will. The Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holawati from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network.